Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So these are the words of Jesus. Jesus Jesus said this, not the church, not a pastor, not an evangelist. It was Jesus said these words. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to his followers. Who is he talking to? His followers, right? And he said, you are the what? You are the of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You cannot be hidden. You should not be hidden. Next. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is what? Placed on a stand where it gives light. What's light do? What's light do? Light gives light. Let me say that again. What does light do? Light gives light. And it gives light where? Everyone in the house. Next. Hold on. Similar. Similar. Huh? Oh, in the same way, let your good deeds, let your good deeds, let your good deeds shine for some, all to see, so that, so that will, our aim as Christians and our aim as a believer as followers of Jesus, disciples, children of God, should be that our horizontal conduct, the way I treat my brother, the horizontal con- conduct and the treatment towards others causes a vertical response of praise to our Heavenly Father from all of the world. Did you get that? That's the aim of Christians. It should be the aim of the church. It should be the aim of those that are called sons and daughters of God. That the way I treat my brother horizontally produces a vertical response from all the world around us. Thank you. A a vertical response can't happen if your horizontal good deeds towards others doesn't shine. So the world can't praise God if, if the world cannot praise God if, if they can't see good deeds in the way we treat one another. So for many folk that claim to be Christians, Sunday is the aim, the church building is the target, the where and when they ever shine. Monday through Saturday, they live as light under a basket. No one sees their light until Sunday when they arrive to church. So if the world around us cannot lift a praise to God as a result of what they see and receive from us, our entire faith system crumbles. We have no, there's there's no basis for our faith. 
There are far too many church movements that are overwhelmingly trying to make the world their heaven. And then they force people that have no faith or people that are godless to conform to a measure of holiness to fit into the heaven that they've created here on earth. Now, I'm not saying that we ought not to be active participants in protest and have a say in the things that go on in the world, especially having the democracy that we have in our country. Get involved. Protest. It's your right as a citizen, your responsibility to do so. But what I am saying is do not protest against abortion, but then close your heart your home, your generosity to foster care, adoption, homelessness, foreign uh, refugees, immigrants, and on and on and on. And, and I've, you've seen many Christians that are going to protest, some of the, and rightfully so, but still become inhospitable with folk and people that look and sound different than they do. Others will protest against same-sex marriage. But then they themselves don't honor the very marriage they live in. Wives don't honor their husbands and husbands don't honor their wives. Adultery runs rampant through most of our, ch our, church, our churches today. Adultery and fornication. And it starts from the pulpit all the way down. Yet, we ourselves then want to protest same-sex marriage see that's not the kind of light that we are to be in the world Jesus already dealt with the sin the sin issues the sin matters of this world and yours yesterday today and for tomorrow he dealt with them on the cross our role in the, our role in the world is to be lit to be light in the midst of darkness to to be light to the world to be light for everyone to see that when they see you and they say they see your conduct they see your behavior they can lift a praise to go i don't know what it is but my goodness you know becky and i were having dinner last night and, and we were having dinner and 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 um and, and we we frequent this place that we go to um, especially now that we just don't have kids, it's great. Guys, if, if hang in there, man. It gets better. Like, it gets better. Like when your kids move out, it gets better. You can buy, it's, it's, it's nice. You can eat different places. Like, whoa, this is what a steak tastes like? Yes. Yes. It's, I'm telling you, it's great. So please just hang in there, guys. Hang in there. All right? So now that yeah, we have dessert, like we like, oh, this is dessert. Wow. Wow, this is a full dessert. Wow. I know how it is. I, I know how it is for you parents to have to share one dessert with the whole family. I, I remember those days. You take a spoon, you take another one, and you go, let's go back again. And you know, remember that. I, I remember all those days. But Becky and I were having dinner last night, and uh, we were talking to our waiter, and our waiter starts to just, I don't know what he saw in us, but he just started to share. This, this amazing story and, and it was interesting because he himself is telling us I'm not a religious person 
you know, but this was my experience and I had this experience and everything. And it gave me the opportunity to give him my information and say, hey man, call me sometime and uh, I'd love to talk to you a little further about that experience. I never told him I was a pastor, never told him I'm a Christian, never had, I, none of those things. Huh? He was, and then he gave us the dessert for free, like he didn't put it on a bill. Now, I don't know if this is legal and stuff, but you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're breaking the law, that's you, man, don't get us into it. You know, he made that face like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't say any words. But he was like, like, really? Like, we can. Uh. <laughs> anyway, my, my, point, my point was that just a simple conversation, just simply being courteous to people is, is, is being the light of the world. And, and, and when he shared, it was a tragic story, huh, honey? I mean, the guy was literally almost murdered. Like, he just, it was, it was terrible. And, and, and so anyway, so we were able to just, just share information. I gave him my, my phone number. And, um, you know, like, I don't take your calls, but I'll, you know, I'll take his calls. <laughs> just joking. Just How did Jesus show his light to the world? How did Jesus show his light to the world? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to what? Die. To what? Die. And he died for us when you were better. And he died for you when you got it together. And he died for you when you were perfect. And he died for you because you can't. And he died for you because you were so perfect and excellent. Huh? When did he? When did he die for you? So how dare us hold others to a higher standard? This is what Jesus did. So the love and forgiveness, the love and forgiveness that you received from Jesus didn't wait for you to be out of your mess. To be sinless, to be perfect, and to be trouble-free. But at your lowest, at your lowest of lowest, Jesus had already handled and settled the matters and the issues of your sins and your transgressions. And he did it 2,000 years ago. Listen to what the apostle Paul, he said. An apostle, that word means that you, you've, you've been sent out as, as a, a person that leads other churches, okay? And this is what the Apostle Paul from jail, he was writing from jail. He is writing, where is he? In jail. And he is writing to some churches in Philippi, which he, he, he was overseeing. And these are his words. He wrote this in a letter. This is my prayer. Here we go. And, and you know what, guys? You guys are on TikTok or on um, Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and MySpace, right? So, and you guys will see these images. Uh, this is what an apostle is, or this is. Stop. This man is in jail for what he believed. Listen to listen to his words. This is my prayer. That your love 
will, your love will what? That your love will what? Flourish and that you will not only love much. Come on, man. Let me say that again. That you will not only love much, love well. That should be a t-shirt. That should be a hashtag. Love, hashtag, love well. Next. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your what? Your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not there's more. Live a lover's life. Hold on. By that, he's not telling you to. Now, what he's telling you, goes, don't date me. Pastor, he just said, you know, Paul said to be a lover, so I'm just being a lover. No. Live a lover's life. Circumspect. Exemplary. A life Jesus will be what? Proud of. Proud of. Our our goal and our aim as children of God is that the world, because of us, find Jesus attractive and not repulsive. That's the goal. Making Jesus, making Jesus, go, David, go back, go to the next one. There. Bountiful and fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ, making Jesus Christ, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and the praise of God. That's our goal. When we leave here today, our goal is not to say, checklist, I'm done with my Sunday. That was it, baby. We're good. Let's just get back into our regular. No, our goal is to make the to, to make Jesus attractive to the world around us. Think about that. Unfortunately, many churches, many Christians make Jesus repulsive. Jesus repels. I don't want to be associated with that. Why? It's not intelligent. It's not intelligent. It's, This is the crisis that we're in as a whole today in this world. The church, and I'm talking about overall with the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about you pick your faith, whatever. Baptist, Pentecostal, Jehovah's Witness. Um, go, huh? Just, just on and on. Pick your church. We, we are in crisis. Why? Because we're not making Jesus attractive to the world. In fact, what we're doing is we repel. I don't want to be part of that. In fact, many people prefer to have a relationship with God at home, their own terms, and never step foot into a church. And guess what? I get it. I, I get it. If it weren't for you all here at Scarlet, no, I don't know if I would be here. Love you guys. You guys are good people. She said, thank you, Pastor. 
Listen, ch children and teens, on an average today, they can't wait to be independent, to grow old enough. 18 is what they're thinking. What? What for? I can't wait to run. Not just from home. Not just from home. They want to run from your faith, mom. They want to run from your faith, dad. Why? Because they can't believe what you believe. You can't influence your children to believe the things that you believe. No longer are children influenced by mom and dad. It's a YouTuber. It's a TikToker. It's a, it's a, it's a, a singer. An athlete. An actor. Poor mom and dad. Let's go to church with me. Mom, I don't believe that anymore. I, I, I don't. More and more, our children just can't wait. Listen, it used to be college where, where most where most children would transition out of the faith, it's now high school. It's now high school where they're transitioning out. And many of them will come to church and while you're singing and you're praising, they're on their tablet connected to a whole different world because they don't even want to worship in the church. It isn't uncommon today for a husband and a wife to have different faiths. It's not uncommon. Or wife to believe one thing and a husband to believe something else. It's not uncommon for one spouse to have a faith or another to have no faith. Faith in many people today is an inconvenience. It's cramming my lifestyle. I don't want it as part of my my uh, uh, my resume. You read profiles and there's nothing of their faith at all. The life of a Christian should be a radiant day-to-day -day walk that people see your life. And they go, there's something different about this guy. There's something different about this gal. That there is a brilliance that shines and emanates. That people everywhere around you take notice over and over, I say this all the time, that your coworkers and your colleagues celebrate when you're there. Oh my, I can't. Don't ever take off again. Don't ever go on, you can't go on vacation. I don't know if you guys ever had that experience where you go on vacation and your coworkers, like, they really miss you. Becky's, I tell Becky, yo, you got to turn that off. Her coworkers, and she's like, I know it's all my girls at work. And, you know, it's like, going, we're on vacation, baby. We're on vacation, baby. I know, but they miss me. And, and, and you know how you go on vacation and you're supposed to bring souvenirs to everybody. Becky goes back to work and leaves work after vacation with souvenirs. <laughs> like, we missed you. And, 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 and I, but she's been in the same place for over 20, 28 years. Huh? In the medical field. And that's what they know about you. They, 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 yeah. And I've been able to marry, perform, yeah, right? Do marriage uh, for six, six of them, right? Mm -hmm. two, two of them ended up in our church. And just this week, I did, I was, listen, just this week, Becky had a, a co-worker who the, the family had a loss. And this was on Tuesday, and I was, I was asked by Becky's co-worker if I could preside over the funeral. 
none of them are Christians. No, listen, I can tell you, one lady that spoke before me said, I know that Bob is in heaven, and Bob is the name I'm giving. I know he's in heaven, man, chugging them down with, with Peter, and he's drinking them, and he's having a party up there. Yeah, I know him. And I'm sitting there, like, I don't know if you know, like, I don't think heaven works that way. I don't know if there's like an open, I don't know if there's a bar there. I don't know. I've, I've really never read that, but, but that's what, that was what she said, and he's in heaven, and, and, um, and, but I say that, and I say that because I, I was given the opportunity to, to talk to, uh, 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 there was over 100 people that obviously were, were non-Christians. And by the end of the, the, the service, I did a quick prayer and the room, you can hear the room full with everyone saying, Heavenly Father, we come before you. We declare that you are our Lord and Savior. I'm like, whoa! And I walked out and I dropped the mic. I was like, Poof. that's what I do, right? And, 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 and I, say, I, say, I say that because that's, that's her fruit. Do you guys get it? It's making Jesus attractive because of our conduct. The way we treat each other horizontally gives God a vertical praise from the world. And a big part of why we as Christians, we repel versus attract is that we're nothing like Jesus. We're nothing like Jesus. In fact, Mahatma Gandhi said this about Christians. He said, I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Mahatma Gandhi said that. See, the way you respond to your feelings and your emotions as a believer to the way you feel should always be in proportion to your walk with Christ. This is at home. Where does it start? In fact, listen, the light that we are to be starts where? Home. Husbands, let me hear you. Where does it start? Home. home. I don't need you to be a Christian here on Sunday. I need you to be, I need you to be a Christian home. Monday through Sunday. Where? Home. So your children can see it. So your wife can see it. Wives, can I hear you? Okay. You guys are majority. I'm going to leave it alone. Talk to the fellas. But I want to say this. I don't want to take my time as I say this. And, and do we have any followers of Jesus here this morning? Do we? Do we? All right. So I'm going to say this. And I'd like you, if you can, make a note of it. Maybe a mental note. Maybe you could write it down. Um, but let me say this. Husbands and wives. Husbands and wives. You're listening? Here we go. I'm not responsible for how you choose to respond to the way you feel. I'm not responsible for that. I'm going to say that again. I'm not responsible for how you choose to respond to the way you feel. Are you getting that? 
You're not responsible for how you choose to respond to the way you feel. That's your responsibility, not mine. I want you to listen carefully. If something someone said or something someone did hurt you or hurt how you feel, the burden is now on you. How you're going to respond to how they made you feel. How you respond is your responsibility, not mine. And this is an ongoing problem that we're having in our society where we now have to live in tune with everybody's feelings and anticipate how people are going to react. So we have to speak a certain way, react a certain way, look a certain way, dress, I mean, address people. It's just on and on. It's, the burden is now on the other person. Today we're living in a time where how I feel and how others make me feel are an excuse for unacceptable behavior from, from people, specifically Christians. I shared with you the incident that I had on the plane, on vacation, where I, guys, I, I almost, guys, I, I almost, you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I, I turned into Jason, uh, what is Jason, Mo, the guy with the, what is it? Oh, you know that guy. Yeah, you do, yeah, you too. I, I almost turned into that guy, and, 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 and somebody was in my space, and for a moment I put the lamp under a basket, yeah, I did. I did. And I, I, I poked the brother. You know, like just poked him. Excuse me. Yeah, your pastor did that. In the middle of an aisle. Like, I was going to do something. Like, I was just, literally, I was just going to walk out of there with a black eye. Uh, uh, there's nothing. I just, I just, I don't have a violent bone in my body. But, but I felt like I had to say something. It, it, was, it, it, was, it, it was because of how I felt, how someone made me feel. It was my response. How I conduct myself and I carry myself and comport myself tells the world on the outside what's happening on the inside of me. This is the part of following Jesus that no one wants to hear. Don't tell me that you are a follower of Jesus' teachings, but you don't follow what he teaches. Thank you. You, 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 are you, are you. Yes, I'm a Christian, but do you follow his teachings? What, does, what did Jesus say about our conduct, our behavior, how we are to be in the world around us? Are we not to lead by love? But more and more, we have become just like the rest of the world. So guess what, guys? You don't look like light. You look like darkness. And I don't know if you've ever been in those situations where um, you lose your temper. Anybody? I don't, no? Nobody? Nobody? Dr. Gladys? <laughs> oh, yes, we heard. She, 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 yeah. I do it in Spanish. 
And, and, and listen, and that's where we're tested. You're not tested in church. You're tested out there. You're tested at work. You're tested in the neighborhood. You're tested on the road. You're tested on vacation. You, you're, you're tested everywhere you go. It starts at home. How do you conduct yourself when you are under insurmountable amounts of stress? There is no greater example of hearing a tragic external like information in an environment where, where, where panic could be damaging to everybody around you. And as I said, I was in this plane and we weren't going anywhere. We were just there. Had this escalated more, your pastor would have been on TikTok, right? Because that's the kind of times where everybody whips out a phone and they're, you know, and I was seriously... I was like, man, I'm about to lose it, man. I'm just, I'm just losing it. I was about to get, get canceled. You know, I was like, those, check that. You know, I'm sorry. You think we were attracting more members? No, that's no, Becky. We, I don't want to attract. It's not a good strategy for our church, baby. No, baby. That's why you don't, you're, no, that's why we keep you there. <laughs> that's, that's your mom. That's, that's, that's your mom. And she's a grandmom of six. Jesus said, what? Turn your cheek. <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, the way you conduct yourself at high levels of stress, people are watching us. The world is watching us. And remember, it's the horizontal conduct and the behavior that, that then produces a what? A vertical response from the people. Oh, wow. For a moment, Will Smith walked on stage and he thought he settled matters. But it was the response of the victim and his conduct who walked out being the hero that night. Now, I don't know where this is going, and I, but, but I'm just saying, if you all remember the incident, the famous incident with, with, with the, and how he responded with violence. But I wanna show you a video. And as I show you this video, I'm not, I'm not, you guys know that I don't stand on any side of, 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 of politics, okay? Um, we all have a responsibility, and, and that's not my, this is not my realm to tell you where and how and who. I, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what this video is about. But I, I want you to observe a moment in history, and then I want you to observe conduct and behavior based on an environment and surroundings. All right? Did you hear me? And I purposely, purposely, purposely extracted the audio so that all you see is just the image. And I want you to, the video was actually um, about 12 minutes of just camera focused, but I had to shorten it for, for obvious reasons. But just, I want you to watch this and just take this in for a moment.
Again, I'm not showing you the video to support any particular political party. I just wanted us to observe external information being received and immediate reaction and response as a result of the people that are around. 16 second graders from Miss Sandra K. Daniels' Sarasota classroom. They were all meeting the president there of the United States as he visited their classroom on the morning of the attacks of 9-11. He was in a room full of second graders. All news cameras were on him. When the White House Chief of Staff Andy Card approached and leaned to tell him, Mr. President, the nation is under attack. How many know that's not good news? How many know that's not good news? The president is now left with the burden to process this ambiguous piece of information because he didn't know all of the details of what that uh, the nation is under attack really means. It could mean so many different things. But that was the information he got. It landed on his lap. Process it. Respond. You know that in an interview afterwards with the Herald uh, Tribune, Miss Daniels, the teacher then, she recalls, she said that Mr. Bush was supposed to pick up a book and participate in the lesson, but I could feel that the president left the room mentally and spiritually. One of the students, now 27, John Rowe, he said, you could see him stare off into the distance and how he was trying not to frighten the kids. He's thinking, I got to finish this and calmly exit without causing chaos. And I said that people may hurt you. People may hurt your feelings with words and with actions. But how you respond is your responsibility and I know that's not always fair and I know it's not always right I know I experienced it what was happening to me wasn't right but it still doesn't change the harsh reality we are Christ followers and and being light in the world doesn't mean that you are that you are light where you choose to be light and it doesn't mean that our light is going to be obstructed every once in a while and tested there are times where we are going to snap and lose it you're going to lose it you're going to miss it but my point is that being light of the world happens in the world not in the church and, and we have made being light of the world about being light in the church and not light in the world. And Jesus said that you are light of the world. He didn't say you are light of the church. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? Jesus never hid the realities of the cruel nature of this world, specifically towards Christians. This is a hard time to be, listen, this is a hard time in the history of the church to be a Christian. No other time has it not been popular to be a Christian 
than these days. In fact, many people, I believe in God, but no, I'm not one of those guys. Luke chapter 21, verse 17, 18. Jesus said this to his disciples 2,000 years ago. You will be, you will be, you will be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. Jesus said this out of John chapter 16. And I'm going to read this out of the message version of the Bible. I like the way they write this out. He said, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be, you will be what? You will be what? And assured deeply at peace. Is there another part to that? In this. Come on, let me hear you say loud in this. You will continue to. I don't know what Christianity you've heard along the, the years that you, you, you're not going to suffer and that you're not going to get sick and that you won't be tested and that you're not going to go through hardship and that you that that's not the Christianity Jesus preached. You're going to have some difficulties. He said, take heart. I. You know, that word conquered doesn't come without a battle. Doesn't come without a struggle. Being light in the world overrun by darkness isn't easy. Godlessness all around us is going to continue to grow more and more. Guys, our children, our, our chi talk to your children when they come from school and they decompress. I don't know if you guys have those sessions, but, but parents, if you don't do this, you need to know. You need to be aware. You need to spend time speaking and spending time with your children. Know what's in their heart. Know what their struggles are. Hello? Fathers and moms just out there with the hustle and making money. I got to make money. I got to pay the bills. I got to make money. I got to pay the bills. And your son and your daughter are growing up with no contact, no influence from you in their life. And then it's too late. You know, I did my job. What did you do? I took him to church on Sundays. It's not my job. It's your job to be a dad or be a mom. Good. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm, am, I, am I angry today? Is that me? No? Not me. Okay. Does that sound like you? Yeah, but listen, man. These guys just show up my house. Listen, they left my house. I, uh, you know, Becky and I have been married for 33 years. They left our house. They show up on a house, unannounced, mind you. Friday night. Friday night. And then they stay till 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and they just, no, yeah, they call to tell us. They don't call to ask, they call to tell you. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then last, just, just yesterday, we were 3 o'clock in the morning. And so, I, yeah, I'm a little edgy. I'm a little, just a little. Just a little. But no, listen, listen, it was very important that when Adrian was, was at the house, it was important that I knew what was in my son's heart. It, I, I would be offended if someone else knew stuff before me. I'm dead. I'm dead. And, and so, so when they got home, whether it was in the morning, whether it was at night, 
we always had a, there was always a point of contact from dad to say, how you doing, son? What's going on? You got some stuff to tell me? And this boy rambled and just like, he couldn't get his thoughts together. And it's like, oh my goodness, I got to sit through this. But that's what parents do. And so I had to sit with that one. And I'm like going, I'm done. Like, I'm really done with just this one. And I had two others waiting, like just waiting for their time. Parents, you signed up for that job. You signed up for it. Do you understand? You signed up for it. Fathers, be fathers. Moms, be moms. This is your time. It's your time. It's your time. It's not the school's responsibility to raise your children. Your responsibility. Age doesn't matter. No, because I'm still doing it. Still, 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 do, huh? Yeah. And, and, and then they bring their wives now. So it's like. Philippians chapter 1, verse 13, 14. I'm wrapping this thing up. And, and listen, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm just, I, but, but, what I, but what I am is I am emotional about some of the garbage you see. And, and Christians, we're missing it. Children of God, we're missing it. We're, we're, we're light. We're, we're, we, should, we, should, we should radiate and emanate of, of love and compassion and mercy. That, that the, making Jesus attractive. Listen, making Jesus attractive everywhere we go, everywhere we go. Philippians, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in, I am in, what are the circumstances? Chains, I'm chained up. Listen to what, listen to what this writer is saying. This is a follower of Jesus, highly educated man who happened to be innocent, and he says these words, including the whole power. And the son-in-law, too. Mind you, let me, the son-in-law, too. They, they, the palace guard, they know that I am in chains because of, because of, because of, all right, I'm not sitting in a mansion. I'm in chains. I'm in chains. These are the circumstances. Because of Christ. Continue. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers that are here, ooh, that means that there were other believers, other believers that were also in chains. That was Christianity back in those days. I don't know what it's become today. Most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Paul's conduct and behavior while being in prison calls fellow, fellow victims of innocent imprisonment because of faith to gain confidence. That's what we, that's what we ought to do. When, when, when other believers look at your conduct and your behavior, they should be encouraged and inspired. They say, I need to be more I need to be more like Will. I need, I need to, to be more like Dr. Dore. I need to be more, more like Sergio. I need to be more like, I need to be more. Not like Pastor. Pastor fights on planes. But I need to be like these guys. Shh. Man, you ain't got to put all my dirt out there like that, baby. 
Here we go. We read in Mark when I started, in verse 16 in Mark, that in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus said, let your deeds shine out. They are to what? Shine out for all to see. And that as a result, as a result of what they see, what's going to happen? What's going to happen as a result of what they see in you? What happens? People praise the Father. You don't need to speak. Unfortunately, as Christians today, we are far more concerned with what we say than what we do. And Jesus didn't tell you to prove and to convince unbelievers that they are wrong in their disbelief with your snappy answers and brilliant explanations. He said, let your good deeds shine so that others can see and they praise let me leave you with this reality of Christianity. First Peter. He said, stay alert. What's out for your, for your enemy? Your wife is not your enemy. Let me stop there dramatically to pause and let that one sink in. Your wife isn't your enemy. Your husband is not your enemy. Who's your enemy? Who? Get your stuff together and stop it. Acting like unbelievers at home. Your children are watching your conduct. That's why your children don't believe your faith. Dad, they don't believe your, dad, they don't believe your faith. Why? Your conduct. The way your light shines at home or lack of there. Mom, same thing. Said, stay alert. Who's your enemy? The devil. And what does he do? He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to what? To entertain and have a give him a high five? He's not messing around with you. To devour. Next. Come on, say that. What's it tell you? Stand firm against him and. Be what? In your faith. Here we go. Remember. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. What do you think? You're alone in this? You think you're the only one that's experiencing this kind of hardship or the one that you're going through? Listen, continue. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. Continue. So after you have, you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you and he will who places you? Who does it? Your father does. He places you. He will place you on a what kind of foundation? Stand to your feet. What kind of foundation? 
What kind? A shaky one. Huh? I'm here to tell you, and this is my, the context of everything that I've shared with you today is that your faith, Christianity, follower, Jesus, has a proof, an evidence, and it's in the conduct. So wives, if your husband is an unbeliever and he is home, it is your responsibility and your obligation and your commitment to God, not, not the church, not your faith, but to God to be light at home to the unbelieving husband and vice versa. And this could be a father, this could be a mother, this could be, ch- but, but this is our, it starts where? Where does it start? Home. It starts home and then we take into the world. And I want you to close your eyes and just take a moment. Now, Adrian, we can get real. Yeah, with the, just, just now. Thank you. Just close your eyes. Just all, all eyes closed. Because I know we've all dropped it. We've all messed up. I, I'm not saying that anyone here is more perfect than the other. We're all, you know, we're all struggling with something. But in a world, in a world that is so unsettling, uncertain that is shakable God wants to be a constant in your life and he does it by way of Jesus everything that you heard me speak today for those that are listening online everything that you heard me speak I didn't point you to a church and I didn't point you to a faith I didn't point you to a religion I pointed you to Jesus I pointed you to Jesus. He is our model. He is our rock. He is the one that we follow. So today, my heart is that you will make a decision to say, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this walk without you. I want to try you. I may not understand all of the details about you. I want to give you a try. I want to try it. I want to try you. Whether it's in my marriage, whether it's in my parenting, whether it's in my children, whether it's 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 in my fight in, in whatever area in my life. I just I want to try G. I want to try it. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this is how this works. For in a moment you pray this simple prayer, you automatically are transitioned from a son of darkness or a daughter of darkness into his marvelous light. We want to welcome you to the family. So I want you to pray this with me. Everyone here, I want you to pray this as we encourage others to pray. And for you, this may be your first time praying this. But for others, we're just encouraging as we pray to echo this prayer and strengthen our brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, come on, let me hear you together. Heavenly Father, I come before you Admitting that I need you. I haven't figured it out all on my own. I've messed up. I've made a lot of mistakes. I have sinned. From this day, I want to give Jesus an opportunity to lead me. From this day on, I say, Jesus, lead me guide me. I want to follow you. I want to be a child of God. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you said that prayer, I want to invite you and I want to encourage you to come on back uh, on Sunday. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.